It's Thursday, July 22nd, and you've got Oz in your ears. I'm Yeri Jero, the host of America's world-class web game, Empire Jeopardy! Today's contestants, he's a vertical urban farmer from battered Washington. Meet Jack Browndart. How's it going, Jack? It's growing, Mr. Jero. Up and up and up. He's the commander of former intelligence in Syncom Dread Sand AFPAC in Hintsville, Arkansas. Meet Lieutenant Colonel Butter Braunschweig. Colonel, what is Syncom Dread Sand AFPAC? Well, I wasn't in long enough to find that out, Yuri. She's a loan denier for Windjammer Gogol in Jockey Shorts, Illinois. Meet Swendaloo Zimmer. Working hard, Swendaloo? Saying no is becoming a real growth business, Mr. Joe. Well, the rules are as simple as our contestants. Win two and we talk. Lose two and you walk. Tie and you try again next time. Here we go. 221,943,567. What's a number large enough to confuse people? Uh, what is the cost of a B1 stealth fuselage? What is the number of barrels of oil that BP has spilled into the Gulf as of an hour ago? One for you, Jack. I see you stay on top of things. Okay, here we go again. Hiding billions of dollars of debt by not selling what you don't want until you get it back. What is window dressing? That was fast, Swindaloo. Easy. I used to date one of the Lehman brothers when I worked at B of A. Well, we're down to it now. Swindaloo and Jack, maybe we talk. But a Braunschweig, maybe you walk. Yeah. Here it is. Red Cloak for breakfast. What's the latest gluten-free diet? What is taking an early meeting with the Cardinal? What is the Hopi symbol of the cataclysmic purification of America? Bingo! <laughs> yeah, we talked about it all the time at Dread Set. Well, you get to talk some more about it because you tied it up and you'll all be back next time on Empire Jeopardy! I'll bring a PowerPoint with me. RadioFreeOz.com I'm glad I'm back. I hope you're glad I'm back. We're back. I'm Peter Bergman, your host, co-host, David Osmond. Hey, Pete, and it's uh, we're just over the hump of July. Yeah, right. Now we're going to slide down the other side. The slippery slope of July. Yes, yes. Moving into blackberry season. Oh, blackberry season here. Not blackberry season necessarily. Everywhere. Remember, we're on the web. So right now in like uh, Auckland, it's winter. Whatever it feels like to be winter in Auckland. Uh, All those little auks. Yeah. Uh, they don't like it. Well, well, or maybe they do like it. Well, they got to bundle up. They're little kiwis, right? They, yeah. Knit them those little sweaters. The little they're kiwi so sweaters are awfully so cute. So cute. Well, you're being, you're being awfully cute, David. This is, the, this is a time of good feeling, you know? I think so. I mean, I the oil so. well has, has stopped, I think. Now, this is not today. This is another day from today. So I may be saying something that's not true at all. But that, that goes with the... But, uh, but at least it's, it's sort of like uh, being given, you know, 90 days to close the well. All right, you got 90 days to turn that thing off. And they made it, you they know, made day 89 or something. You know like what really, that. really frightens me, though, that when the well is finally capped, if it has, it may have exploded. Who knows? The fact is, when it's finally shut down, people are going to go, whoa, well, that's over. Whoa, how about them Yankees? Yeah, sure. And uh, and uh, Lady Gaga. and uh, Well, you know, she donated all those Gaga wigs to, uh, to sop up that stuff with the poodle hair boom. It was very generous of her. And I know she and I know she did some posing by the beach too to attract workers down there to the uh, to the uh, uh, southern shores. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. How did they get 
Alabama and Mississippi, you like squeezed in. So each one of them has got like the frontage. Uh, you know, when they drew the maps, you, if you look at that, here's Florida. Florida's got the whole thing, right? And then it sort of crowds west around. Mm, well, you, heard, you, know? you heard of the, the Great Land Grab? That was known as the Great Land Squeeze. Oh. Yeah, I know it's bad out there, but sometimes I wonder, how bad does it get? Just how mean-spirited, how, what can I say, not un-American, but how totally out of it can our representatives get? Well, two Republican congressmen are urging other countries, including potentially some where homosexuality is a crime punishable by death, to vote against an American-led effort in the U.N. to recognize a respected international gay rights group. My, oh my, of course it's guys. You know, they're the ones that lead the anti-abortion campaign and shoot all the doctors. They're the ones who have got lots of time on their hands. I wish these Republican congressmen had more time on their hands by being voted soundly out of office. (laughs) Fondly to be wished. The International Gay and Lesbian Human Rights Commission has been trying since May 2007 to win accreditation from the United Nations, which would allow the NGO to have a voice at the international body. But the group's application for consultative status has been deferred by the status-granting NGO committee until early last month, when the committee voted to block its application. Among the countries voting against the application, Egypt, Angola, Burundi, China, Pakistan, Qatar, Russia, and Sudan, in all of those countries, but Russia and China, LGBT people can be jailed, fined, whipped, or killed if they are caught by authorities. After last month's vote, Ambassador Susan Rice submitted a resolution to the Council to consider the group's application directly, saying the organization's widely respected advocacy and research has given a voice to those who have long suffered in silence. But two Republicans, Representative Chris Smith of New Jersey and Trent Franks of Arizona, have written a letter to many of the other countries on the Council urging them to vote against the resolution. They claim that the LGBT rights group is a threat to human rights, including freedom of religion. See, countries on the council include places where homosexuality is illegal and punishable by imprisonment, whipping, or death. Saudi Arabia, Malaysia, Egypt, and Pakistan are the most famously harsh countries. Homosexuality is also illegal in Cameroon, Ghana, Morocco, Mauritius, St. Kitts, and Nevis, St. Lucia, and Zambia. I'm not going to spend my vacation in any of those places, even though I'm a straight-on hetero. IGLHRC's mission is focused on eliminating such laws, and they advocate against state sanctions violence based on sexual orientation. Makes perfectly good sense to me, but there's a couple of guys in Congress who see it very differently. Smith and Franks want to kill the U.S. motion to recognize IGLHRC, they say, because the group never answered a question from the NGO committee about whether they would support the prosecution of a religious preacher for what he or she preaches against homosexuality. Sexuality. An IGLHRC spokesman said it's true her group has not answered that particular question because it was submitted in the last session of the committee. But, she said, the group has time and again affirmed that as a human rights organization, they support human rights, including freedom of religion and freedom of expression. I can tell by the pound you're tied. You're an American? Well, so am I. Hi, Bubba. How do, how do you do? And while we're on the subject, and while we're on the subject, and while we're on the subject, I'll see you all wazoo! 
Talking Points memo says it was a Democrat, James Carville, the guy that looks like a cobra, who coined the phrase, it's the economy, stupid. And to this day, leading Democrats understand that Carville was correct. They get it all the way down to their trembling bones. They'd love to take dramatic steps to improve the economy, but Republicans are using every tool at their disposal to prevent that. It's true. It's led Democrats to blame Republicans explicitly for causing America's economic pain for short-term political gain. But it also means we're not going to see much in the way of economy-improving legislation in the months ahead. Absolutely so. The Republicans are dedicated to stopping any extension of um, unemployment benefits, loans to small businesses. They're going to go down to the bitter end against this, and it's going to literally destroy them. They think the worse the economy is come November, the better they're going to do election-wise, said Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid at a press conference. Senator Debbie Stabenow echoed that analysis last month on a conference call with reporters. She says, if the GOP can stop the recovery from occurring, if they can create as much pain as possible, people will be angry and will not vote at all or will vote against those in the majority, she implored. And she may be right. With Republicans pushing for tax cuts for the rich and blocking unemployment benefits, you can see where they're coming from. And yet, with unemployment hovering near 10%, official unemployment, and a midterm election threatening to sweep them out of power on Capitol Hill, Democrats are trapped and running out of time. Look at what we had to go through for the last eight weeks, said Reed spokesman Jim Manley. The fact is that we have a Republican Party that's betting on this president to fail. We'll continue to look at additional efforts to provide help in the economy, but the fact is, in this heavily polarized Senate, it's very difficult to get stuff done. I think Americans are angry, said House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer. Unfortunately, their anger, which should be focused on not returning to the Bush, Hastert, Bomer-McCain policies, is now redirected at Democrats. That's right. The GOP wants to keep them poor and angry.